Topping of the polarities list is a brief recollection of the discussion on the chasm between science and the humanities begun by C.P. Snow. Professor Raghavendra Gadakkar saw the Einstein-Tagore exchanges as a metaphor for taking these further, making the observation that disciplines have become ever more esoteric and no more prerogatives remain with science, as he recalls, had been suggested by Snow. I am going to use these dialogues as a metaphor. So I am not going to go into the substance and the style of the dialogues, I am going to use it as a metaphor. So a dialogue between Einstein and Tagore inevitably brings the idea of a dialogue between a scientist and an artist. And the divide between science and art, between scientists and artists, is a very old issue that we have been discussing for a very long time. Bringing us back to this day, the question we must ask is, is the divide narrowing or is it widening? And if it is widening, what can we do about it? Or should we do anything about it? So this question of the divide between these two, as I said, has a long history of discussion. There was a high point of this discussion in the 1960s when C.P. Snow wrote his uh, book on, called Two Cultures. I want to deviate from C.P. Snow's kind of discussion in two different ways. First of all, C.P. Snow, the metaphor that C.P. Snow used for this gap between science and art is he said, every scientist knows Shakespeare, but people in the humanities do not even know the second law of thermodynamics. This is the metaphor he used. That's one thing from which I want to deviate. Uh, but implied in this metaphor, so one part of the metaphor was that he was blaming the humanities, the humanists and not the scientists. The other implication of this metaphor is that he was really talking largely of the inability of these two camps, if you like to use this word, to consume each other's produce. And I want to go beyond it seems to me that it is rather easy to blame this way, this or that, and one can construct arguments to blame people in the humanities for the gap, or one can construct arguments to blame the scientists too. That's easy to do. It is also probably relatively easy to fix the problem of inadequate consumption of each other's produce. With today's technology and internet and everything else, it's not so difficult to, I mean, already the produce of science is being consumed by everybody. Nobody lives without a smartphone these days and so on and so many other things. And with technology, with internet and with social media and everything else, I think it's also relatively easy to make scientists become more and better consumers of the of the production of artificial science. Both of these are, so the two kinds of things that C. Pishno implied with this metaphor are actually relatively easy. Now, there are other problems which are more difficult to me. That's what I want to talk about. So, for me, one deviation from C. Pishno's metaphor is that I think today science and art or humanities have diverged much more, primarily because how science has developed, not because the arts and humanities have changed. They have not changed. They have changed, but not their change in them has not contributed to the widening of the divide. It is the change in science and technology that has contributed to the widening. And the way science and technology have de developed 
let us say in the last 50, 60, 100 years is that science has become extremely specialized, extremely esoteric, extremely expensive and therefore hegemonic. And all of these are tied together and it is, it is I think uh, very easy to see that this is the way in which science has progressed and that is why there is the, this much greater divide than there was before. Again, the divide is not in the relative ability to consume each other's produce, but at the intellectual. At the intellect, Tagore and Einstein were able to talk with, by respecting each other. But I think most scientists and people in the humanities today simply do not understand each other's language. And they are fine with it. They have no problem. They are quite happy with that. What I find most shocking is that in, uh, let us say, a university today, there is a department of biology, there is a department of history. It is unthinkable that a professor in the department of biology will be able to go uh, through a PhD thesis defense in the department of history or philosophy and actually make an intelligent comment or vice versa. So we have created silos which are completely watertight. We have created languages which are completely different and we don't understand. <coughs> it seems it seems to be okay, but I am surprised that we are accepting and living through this. Now the consequence of this, of course, is that there is mutual disrespect to each other. There is growing mutual disrespect. You, if you have a person on the other side of the divide in your family, then you are okay. But otherwise, you ask most scientists, they will say, the humanities people do a, well, a lot of things, but it really, it really doesn't mean anything. And the humanities people say, scientists do lots of things, they don't understand what they do. So there is mutual disrespect and there is inability to communicate with intellectuals, which I think is very harmful and very dangerous. And we need to fix this in some way. The problem is on both sides, people without understanding what the others do, they think it's not right, it's not it's wrong. So you ask a typical scientist and say, I'm not sure how a historian works, but I'm sure it's not okay. I'm sure it can't really be trusted. And uh, you ask the other way around. So what we really need to do in terms of education is we have to go back to the old model of liberal education. We have to make in education all of these things part of, of learning. And we must tell, make students learn history and then criticize it rather than criticize it from a position of ignorance. And in a small way, we are trying to do this at the Center for Contemporary Studies. As uh, Professor Vijay Pariki mentioned, we have six courses for science students in the humanities. The goal of these courses is to make the students understand that well-meaning, intelligent, respectable adults who pursue other disciplines other than natural science have their own ways of knowing. And the methods that scientists use are not the only methods of knowing the world. There are other people who follow other methods. They should be aware of the existence of these methods. And if they want to critique these methods, they must critique from a position of knowledge and not of ignorance. And that is what I think we need to do through education. So as I said, I, using these dialogues as a metaphor, talk about uh, about this divide and how we can try and 
bridge is the right and how actually it's growing. So I, uh, just to summarize what I'm saying, I think the problem is with the way science has developed and the problem is the inability of scientists and people in the arts and universities to be able to converse with each other at an intellectual level. Consuming each other's produce is easy and not terribly important. And I think that's the kind of way in which we should think when we listen to these areas. That's the direction in which I think we should think. So with that, I will close. Thank you.